0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode. Today's topic is how does depreciation work for real estate? Now, we're going to be doing an entire series and and many different episodes on real estate and how they relate to taxes and how that works. So if you're interested in learning more more about or following up on our other episodes that we're doing, go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash real estate. But in this post, we're going to specifically be talking about depreciation and how it has such an important role when it comes to rental properties and their taxes. So one advantage of investing in real estate is that for many of the early on years of that investment, you will often have a positive cash flow, meaning that you're making income, but for tax purposes, be showing a loss. And this is due to depreciation. So I say like, who wouldn't want to be bringing in cash, bringing in income, but not having to pay taxes on it because we have this depreciation that is cutting into and creating a loss on it. So that is the beauty about depreciation and why we want to spend an entire episode talking about it. So first, let's talk about what parts of rental real estate can be depreciated. Basically, everything can be depreciated in a rental property investment except for raw land. So this includes things like the building, the flooring, appliances, sinks, driveways, landscaping. Basically, everything can be depreciated with that investment in a rental property except for the raw land. So basically what you will need to do is you'll need to find the value of the raw land versus everything else. And obviously the goal is to assign as much value as possible to the building in improvements versus the land because those items are depreciable. Now, the IRS recommends that you use the local property tax assessment to determine what that land value is, but you also have the option of using your own appraisal or replacement cost to determine values as well. It's just important that you have a reasonable basis to back up whatever allocation that you go with. So, if you determine that you know the local property tax assessment is not a good assessment of kind of what the raw land value is, that's fine. Just make sure you have a basis and, and backup proof to back that up. And you might want to reach out to an appraiser or something like that if you're kind of questioning these items. So let's talk about what is the depreciable life for a real estate investment. So how, you know, how do we depreciate a real estate investment? And generally stating, you would depreciate a rental property over 27 and a half years if it's a residential property or 39 years if it's a non-residential property. Property. Now, with that being said, you are able to, if if you're able to break down certain parts of the property, you can likely depreciate it sooner. As an example, personal property, that can be depreciated over five or seven years. Land improvements can be depreciated over 15 years. In the structure of the building, the structure, that's going to again be depreciated over 27 and a half years if it's a residential property or 39 years. If it's a non-residential property. So as you can see, if if we're able to pull certain costs of the property and put them into land improvements or personal property, that allows us to depreciate the cost quicker, which leads to less taxable income early on in this invest in the investment. And so this breakout of, of costs is called something called cost segregation. That's where we look into doing a cost segregation study. So what is a cost segregation study? You know, As we kind of just talked about, when a property is purchased, not only does it include a building structure, but it also includes all of its interior and exterior components. And on average, 20 to 40% of those components fall into tax categories that can be written off much quicker than your typical building structure, which is again, that 27 and a half years. So a cost segregation, all it does is simply study, a cost segregation study dissects the construction costs or a purchase price of the property that would otherwise be depreciated over 27 and a half or 39 years. And the primary goal of a cost segregation study is to identify all property related costs that can be depreciated quicker over five years, seven years, 15 years. So, as an example, certain electrical outlets that are dedicated to equipment such as appliances or computers could be depreciated over five years. And we actually did an entire blog post and podcast episode on cost segregation studies with a partner of ours that handles these. So if you're interested in learning more about those, check that out. We'll have a link to that in the show notes of that uh, episode that we did there. But essentially, the the process that they take in a cost segregation study is is a couple different steps. First, they're going to divide the land between raw land and land improvements. And the more you can get into land improvements means that you can depreciate that over 15 years. Then they're going to divide the building into a structure and personal property. And the more that we can move to personal property, means that you can depreciate that over five to seven years. Then the remaining structure items would just be depreciated over the typical 27 and a half or 39 years. And of course, the raw land would not be be able to be depreciated. And so these cost segregation studies can get pretty complex. So we definitely recommend working with a professional on them. And with that being said, traditionally, a cost segregation study is going to be most advantageous in a multifamily or commercial property versus a single family. So, check out the episode that we did on that if you're interested in doing a cost sag study to see if it makes sense. If you have a multifamily or, say, a property over $500,000 or more, uh, cost segregation study is definitely going to make sense in your scenario. Uh, but check out our, our podcast episode on it and, and reach out to our partner. There's a form that you can fill out in the blog where you can reach out directly to them. We'll introduce you to them to see if a cost sag makes sense in your situation. But again, the, the purpose of a cost segregation is that instead of depreciating the whole property, over 27 and a half or 39 years, we're breaking out various pieces of that property and depreciating some of it quicker versus spreading it out over the full full term of 27 and a half or 39 years. So the next thing we want to talk about is this idea of bonus depreciation. And with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, bonus depreciation actually allows you to depreciate up to 100% of qualified property in the first year. And so qualified property includes items that have a useful life of 20 years or less. So when we look at this cost segregation study that we were talking about previously, this is a great way to get even more depreciation in year one, utilizing bonus depreciation for those items that we were able to pull away from the structure. So not only now we don't have to worry about five to seven years, we might be able to get even more in year one. And so, uh, in uh, for items now, one thing to note on bonus depreciation is that the law is currently states that amount that's allowed to be used for bonus depreciation is going to be going down. So for items placed in service in 2022, there's a hundred percent bonus depreciation, but as we go into 2023, it's 80% in 2024, it's 60% and so on. So eventually items placed in service and under current law in 2027, there's going to be no bonus depreciation. Of- depreciation available, but section 179 expensing will still be available. So let's kind of put numbers to an example. I think this will help make sense of some of this. Let's imagine that you purchased a $500,000 multifamily rental in 2022. And let's say 100,000 of that was allocated to raw land and 400,000 of that was allocated to the building or the structure. So in this example, the 100K $100,000 $100,000 allocated to land, we know it would not be able to be depreciated, but the $400,000 related to the building, we would depreciate over 27 and a half years. So that would be roughly $18,000 or so in depreciation per year. So again, we're just taking that raw land out, not depreciable. And then the $400,000 that's remaining, we depreciate over 27 and a half years for roughly $18,000 in depreciation per year. Now, Let's assume that you decide to do a cost segregation study and we were able to pull conservatively 30% of the building costs and move it into five, seven or 15 year property. That would be roughly $120,000 and with 100% bonus depreciation available in 2022, we could potentially depreciate the full $120,000 in year one with that remaining $280,000 over 27 and a half years. So when we look at a cost seg study, we have first year depreciation of instead of roughly 18000 now we're looking at roughly $130,000 by utilizing a cost segregation study and bonus depreciation. So this is a great way that if you have other rental or passive income, you can create a massive loss to help offset even more other areas or other rental properties that you have. Now, one thing to note is that when and if you decide to sell an asset that has been depreciated, you will need to be you will need to pay a depreciation recapture tax. This means that although you get a great write off from the depreciation, you will potentially need to pay it back someday down the road. However, you know with the time value of money factored in, we would almost always recommend taking advantage of as much depreciation as possible. So hopefully, this kind of helps gives you a good idea. This is you know one of the main reasons that we push. Getting into rental properties is because oftentimes you can have income coming in from those rental properties, but show a loss and not have to pay taxes on it because of this upfront depreciation. And let's say you have a rental property that's fully depreciated. Well, you're going to have to start paying some taxes on that income at that point. But if you get into another rental property that has high upfront depreciation, that can offset income for other properties. So it's a great strategy, a great uh, wealth building item by getting into rental properties. So let's just do a quick recap of depreciation. Um, again, when we look at a rental property, everything can be depreciated in a rental property investment except for raw land. So we need to make sure initially we take raw land versus structure out. Raw land cannot be depreciated, but the structure and, and building, the land improvements, etc. can be. Now, traditionally, we're just going to depreciate Everything that can over 27 and a half years, unless we do a cost segregation study. If we do a cost segregation study, then we're going to start to pull out things from that depreciable amount into personal property, which is depreciate over five or seven years, and land improvements, which is depreciated over 15 years, and then whatever is left over. Again, we're just going to depreciate over that 27 and a half or, or 39 years if it's a non-residential property. So a cost segregation study can be super beneficial for those that are looking to, you know, bring in that upfront investment, uh, create higher depreciation early on in that investment life cycle. Now, again, traditionally, we're not going to see a cost segregation study too often with a single family home, but it usually is going to be most advantageous in multifamily or commercial properties. So, uh, reach out to our partner on that. If you're interested to say, Hey, does this make sense to me? They'll let you know, they'll help you out with that and see if it makes sense. Bonus depreciation on top of a cost segregation study can get even more expenses in year one versus, you know, five or seven years. So, uh, bonus depreciation, at least for 2022, is a great option. Again, bonus depreciation under current law is going to start going down as we get into year 2023 and 2024. uh, But uh, definitely check that out. And just again, as an example, let's say we took a $500,000 multifamily rental property. And let's say we separate that out. 100,000 of that is raw land, not depreciable, but $400,000 is allocated to the building and the improvements and everything else. That $400,000 traditionally, we would depreciate over 27 and a half years and get roughly 18,000 of depreciation per year. If we did a cost segregation study of that $400,000, we'd pull different amounts out of it and depreciate it quicker, which allows us to increase that depreciation in the early years because we're depreciating some of that property, some of that investment quicker than the full 27 and a half years. So hopefully that was helpful. Again, we're gonna be doing a whole series, a bunch of episodes on uh, real estate taxes, how they're how they're taxed and, and the various differences of it because real estate tax, te- traditionally is going to be taxed much different than say your normal business type income. So if you're interested in learning more about the other topics that we have, go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash real estate. I also want to remind you guys to join our free Facebook group where we have discussions with other rental property owners, other business owners. You can just you can join our free Facebook group by going to Facebook and then just typing in small business tax secrets. There'll be a few questions that you have to answer in there and then you'll be able to join and join in on the conversation. So I want to thank you again for listening to another episode and I cannot wait to just expand on this idea of rental property taxes and how important it can be and how beneficial it can be to be building your wealth using rental properties. Again, you can check out kind of the whole series that we're doing on this by going to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash real estate. Thanks again for listening to another episode and I will see you all next week.